one, two, three. Everyone, we are live. Um, I think now is a good time to flick on that coffee pot. Maybe we're in the drive-thru. We're getting some coffee as well. Let's put our order in. Let's get ready to steep the tea. Is it a five, seven, or nine-minute steep? You tell me. I don't know, but I do know this. Everyone, this is the Monday Morning Commute Podcast. My name is John. Here's my thing. Literally last week, I have touched on me time. I've touched on, you know, uh, getting a moment by ourselves, a little reflective, do something we enjoy, kind of disconnect for a bit. And I had one of those days uh, Friday night. I found myself in Safeway. I was in the wine section. And wine in general, it's like, it's been around my whole life. I, I know what it is. You know, I, you know, I've been to church. I, I, I've been at the dinner table. Um, I've read books. I've seen movies. Wine's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. But at the same time, it's this weird enigma as I don't really understand it. It's a, it's a beverage, but I can't break it down. I'm, I'm, I'm in this section in Safeway and I'm reading the descriptions for all these wines. I'm seeing light body, full body, you know, Pinot, and then another word after that. I'm trying to put together what I'm seeing. And I do know this, though. I, the, the one thing I know about wine is I like my wine like I like my LaCroix, not too aggressive flavor-wise. I, I don't want it to be up in my face. So I go on Google, you know, Safari, I'm in this wine section, I'm searching, and I end up buying a, a Pinot Noir. And that, that's not as important as the fact that I bought the Dark Horse brand Pinot Noir for a few reasons. One, let's touch on this. So uh, the, uh, the Dark Horse brand, it is under 10 bucks. And it is the one, it's actually the one brand of wine in the entire world where the text of the wine is not in cursive and there's no vineyard on the label. Check off all the boxes. I'm good with that. There's a skull of a horse. I feel edgy. I feel very edgy. That's like they're doing things differently. I'm into it. So I got a Pinot Noir. I'm making my way to the checkout counter. I'm in line. And I look down, I see there's, there's Starburst. And it was the weirdest thing. So Starburst, you know, I usually think they range anywhere from the 119 129 price. And I, I rarely is it under a dollar. It was 99 cents. Um, why I would pass it up, I don't know. Next thing I know, look, I'm, I'm, leaving, I'm leaving Safeway in a, in, a, in a brown bag. I've got a Pinot Noir and some Starburst. Yep, no reusable bag. Yell at me now. Hate me now. I was walking out there with a brown bag. I recycled it though, but no reusable bag. I'm driving home and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, let's, let's play with this. Hold on. We got Starburst. Let's let that lead the way. Let the wine come underneath. Let's see if we can do something flavor-wise. I, I, I am now on my couch at home. The Godfather is queued up. Uh, Starburst wine and the Godfather and myself under a blanket. Storybook ending, I don't know if I'd say that, but it was nice. At the conclusion of my night, um, the Starbursts were gone, and the bottle of wine was now half full. Uh, in all honesty, it, what resulted was just poor self-discipline. I took down the Starburst, I'd like to say 10 minutes. So that whole you know, in, in vision of pairing them together, you know, the Pinot Noir and the Starburst, it did not work out. Um, I ended up just kind of casually you know, sipping the wine periodically. And it, look, it's a, it's a very long movie. I want to be honest, I actually I didn't finish it. I got about uh, you know, 67% of the way through. And I, and I called it a night. But look, like I said, the, the bottle of wine was still half full. So in terms of pairing it with flavors, just you know, understanding the flavor of this red wine, you know, that dream wasn't over. I found myself literally that next Monday, uh, I was packing. I was leaving very early in the morning for Denver, Colorado. And I thought I'd have a nice little nightcap. Why? Well, I knew I had a, uh, a bottle of Dark Horse Pinot Noir locked and loaded, ready to go. I find myself pouring it into a glass of wine. It's the type of glass of wine, um, or at least just wine glass that you get in an Italian restaurant. So 
you, you basically just like fill it to the brim. It's a little smaller. Um, and I, I pour my glass. You got to understand something. I, I, I'm wearing an A shirt. And for those of you who don't know what an A shirt is, it is usually referred to a wife beater. I don't like calling it that because I feel like there's a certain like elegance and grace and just like uh, stylistically that wife beater, it, one, it sounds demeaning, I think. Two, um, I, I think like I've seen a lot of people that I look up to wear it very well and look good. Um, it, it just flows really nicely on a lean physique. So obviously, you know, I've got my goals body and style wise, but no, I'm wearing that and I'm wearing a purple mesh, uh, like PE shorts. They're my friend Max's and I, I got them at a sleepover and for some reason, I don't know why, but they've actually never made it back to him. I will change that soon, but I'm wearing that and, and the, the A shirt is now tucked into my athletic shorts. They're snug. I'm now sitting in the love seat, uh, bottom down back on one armrest, knees over the other. And I made it a point. It was a nightcap. I was relaxing. I think I threw in some selection radio. I was just hanging out. And I made it a point. I'm actually going to try to taste this wine. I'm, I'm going to do the spitting. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just you know, drink the wine. Can I break down the flavor profile? Because as far as I'm concerned, I bought a, a bottle of Pinot Noir, but I, it's just red wine. It's just red wine. And so I went through this process. And look, I don't know if it's my palate. I don't know if I just don't have the, you know, the, the capabilities. I don't know what I'm missing out on. But I'm going to be honest, everyone. And I think this is kind of the main point of this part of the podcast. Um, in my opinion, basically all red wine tastes the exact same. It literally tastes the exact same. And look, I, I, I've had a Pinot Noir, um, a Cabernet, Merlot, um, I, I, Sauvignon is that one? I, I, I've slapped the bag too. I, I, I've really, I, I, I've you know touched all the bases, and they all basically taste the same. The difference, hold on, the difference, it's got to be the aggression, the way it comes at you, uh, the lighter body, full body. I can see what we're doing there, but when you're telling me, you know, there's hints of walnuts, blackberries, cayenne pepper, or you know, something, I, I just don't see it. It all tastes the exact same. And you got me thinking, what am I doing wrong? Because I, you know, I thought I had a decent palate. I like things. I don't like things. I can pick up oregano when I put it on pizza if you blindfolded me. That's not a big deal. But what am I missing here? Is it intellect? Is it a lack of imagination? I don't know. And yet, you know, I think at this point, people might be wondering, John, why do you even buy wine then? Because I like it. I didn't know understanding, you know, the subtle nuances of flavor dictated whether or not I buy wine. So John, why don't you just buy the cheapest wine every time? Well, you got to understand something. Uh, I'm aware that some wines are a little sweeter than others. I don't like those. I'm not going to get down with Moscato. Rosé, maybe for a meme. And usually, look, the bottle's under 10 bucks. I'm fine making that purchase. I do know this. I, the Pinot Noir seems to be a, 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 it's not that full of a body. I like that. Uh, Merlot kind of hits me in the face. I've had a Malbec. It was with a steak and that fit well. But aside from that, look, if there's cranberries, I know there's, there's gotta be grapes. What else can you do to manipulate the flavor? What, what am I missing here? We had bubbly, we call it Prosecco or champagne, but that's white wine. Look, we're, it's a, it's a red wine world and I'm just living it apparently, but I'm not embracing it. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And it, and it's right now, you know, I'll, I'll see the videos I, and there's people who make legitimate careers out of, you know, talking about wine and the taste. And I want to, I, I really want to establish something because I, I have a lot of family members and I have a lot of friends and family who love wine 
and go wine tasting. My parents do it. Um, and it, this is with no disrespect to anyone. If anything, this is really just self-deprecation. I don't think there's a difference in any red wine besides of how forward it is. And I say it like this. I think wine tasting is really just storytelling. How well can you describe it? it, it it's not as much literally dissecting flavor as much as it is, hey, how good's your imagination? Does this lighter blend pair well with that lighter chicken? Is it a filet? How can you do that? Then can you say it in a way that makes me want to buy it? Has anyone read the back of wine bottles where they describe what's on it? it it's, it's fantastic. It is excellent. It's a great blurb. I wonder if Time Magazine has a section dedicated to that because these, these, these back ends are fantastic. Look, if you want to talk about descriptive marketing, if you want to talk about selling me on something, you're tapping into some sort of emotional button, a, a beacon, if you will. And look, I have my fair share. When, 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 I, when I consume like podcasts and when I listen to the radio, I, I don't, it, it's not as much like topic centered. It, it, it really is more how someone says something, how they deliver it, tone of voice, pausing. If there was a podcast, if there was a YouTube channel where no one drank the wine, but someone literally just read the backs of wine bottles, I'll, you know what? I'll say it. If Chael Sonnen or Colin Cowherd read the backs of wine bottles instead of talking about sports, I would probably like them a lot more. And I like them a lot right now. I don't care if it's a 15-second video. I'll tune in. Do we need to rebuild Vine? Because that's something I can dive into. Am I off at all? Does anyone else see this? Wine's fun. Wine is good. And there's a certain elegance about wine, right? When you go out to a nice dinner, we're going to have a glass of wine. We're going to enjoy ourselves. There's something about the glass. No one questions the glass. I know, obviously, where the wine is in, in terms of aeration, like it makes sense. But why the long stem? I suppose it's elegant. Why do we drink milk out of X amounts of glass? You know, I don't know why are soda cans like that. I don't make this up. There's canned wine now. Do we need these very fragile glasses? I'm sure there's something that we can make is a little more elegant. You know, we with cigarettes to jewel pods. What's next with wine? Is there any way I can get ahead of this? It's a wine world. I'm living in it, and apparently I'm not doing it right. Anyone else with me? I don't know. Does anyone know if wine is like coffee where after you drink it, you don't really have to wash the glass out? Like the, the bacteria just won't grow or something? Or is that just a myth? Either way, it's pretty easy to wash. You just pop in the dishwasher. However, I'll say this, everyone, there was a time period where the dishwasher wasn't even a thing. There was not something. We did everything by hand. I, you know, we've seen in the movies and it's always, it's weird. Like I don't, like doing the dishes is terrible. Um, but there was a time where it seemed like to wash dishes, what people would do is they would plug the sink, fill it with water and then put the soap in it and then kind of let the dishes soak overnight. Next thing you know, someone throws on some large rubber gloves and an extremely large sponge and just goes to town. And then in cartoons, for example, when they're doing this, the suds would kind of pile up. They pull out the dishes one by one. There'd be a sparkle in each one. And you stack them up, you let them dry. And that always made dishes seem like a fun thing to do. The, the funner thing would have been like in the, in the movie Ratatouille, for example, when Remy falls into the dishwashing pit. Where, yeah, no, he, fa- he falls into the dish pit. And he's underwater. And then the guy's reaching in, grabbing stuff. And it looks kind of like a fun swimming pool. That's not the case for us. We're larger than that. But the dish pit in general, I, I don't remember the last time I ever saw anyone fill up a sink 
put some suds in it uh, and wash plates. I actually think the last time that was ever a reality in my life is when my, um, is probably when I actually just got a bath when I was younger, when I was small enough to fit in a sink. I'm pretty sure I've heard stories of that. So, you know, not dishes, nonetheless, you know, something is coming out squeaky clean, but let's just focus on this real quick because there's a few elements. One, when we're washing in the sink, nowadays, it, it, it really is just kind of, you have the water run, you put some dish soap on a sponge and you just go to town. You're scraping off anything you can do. And, you know, usually it can be a pain because the ideal scenario is once you put your plate under the sink, you let the water just run off and, and taking off whatever it can because no one wants to get physical with the plate. No one wants to scrape away some peanut butter that maybe you left out for a little too long. Maybe in the microwave we're cooking pasta and, again, we put it out for too long and that pasta hardens. And, you know, that's a bind that very few chemical reactions can take away when you leave something in the microwave and it really just, I don't think crustifies a word, but latches onto the plate. Usually we got to go to a sponge. We need to resort to a sponge. Um, and as I'm saying this right now, well, I mean, ultimately my, my thing with sponges is I like the idea of them a lot, but they get so musty that it kickstarts my allergies. I have literal year-round allergies because of sponges, and it pains me to say that. Sponges are great. And now that I'm saying this... I feel like that's why people have those large rubber gloves. Do, do we know the musty smell I'm talking about? Do we know? It's kind of like when you walk into a thrift store. You get a little congested. For some reason, it makes sense, though. All the clothes aren't washed. Every, you know, someone else is wearing them, and then like that weird odor takes over the space. But instead of, you know, at a thrift store, we get some cool clothing at a discounted price. You don't get that with a sponge. You're just doing chores, and no one likes doing chores. Your hands smell kind of weird after. And then w when I'm smelling it, it's like it smells musty and I'll put soap on it. But I'm always questioning, is, is, the, is the sponge even clean? What am I doing here? Sponges are disgusting. And I hate to say that, but they are. Do we throw them in the wash? Like what's the time range on a sponge? How actively do I have to use it? When I use it, do I drain it? Do I wring it out? Am I not putting enough soap? I don't. I don't know the answer. It, 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 I think conceptually the sponge is brilliant. I don't think it's poor execution. I think just mother nature gets in the way. Look, bacteria grows. You know, things get beat if you don't touch them for a while. That's just how things are. I don't, rake, I don't, I don't write those rules. Musty though. That's not a fun word. I don't want to use it. it it's, a, it's a worse word than dusty. Dusty's not even that bad. Is it like a three-day expiration? Like why do they only sell sponges in packs of eight? I suppose that's a month, but at that point, let's just make it 10 because I feel like every three days they expire. That's a problem. And I feel like, you know, if you got a family of five or just a household of X amount of people, you're going to be using a sponge a lot. The, the dishwasher can only hold so many dishes. Either way, things get sticky too. You know, if I use a fork to maybe pluck some pineapple, I don't want to chuck it in the dishwasher. I'll, I'll, I'll put the fork in the dishwasher, maybe, you know, at a dinner party or for me spaghetti or something. If I, if I'm just having pineapple that I'm plucking right out of the plastic box, what I'm going to do is take it to the sink, take a sponge, one wipe up, and then I'm going to dry it off. Assuming the sponge has soap in it. I don't want to have to use my fingers and put dish soap on there and then get physical that department. And I don't want to put it in the dishwasher. But when I touch the sponge and, I, and I'll touch the sponge for three seconds just to cleanse this fork. And then my hands smell like mold for four hours. It doesn't matter how many times I wash my hands. It's an issue. 
I don't know what to do. I don't think you throw it in the washing machine. How, how why no one has taken the liberty to um, completely just dismantle this issue, break it down to a point where, you know, I mean, if, if it requires an infomercial at 2 a.m., I'm willing to buy it. Why, why is there no sponge? I don't, what was that one? It was the towel, uh, a sham wow. Was that thing mold-free? Did that thing not get musty? That's the big idea. Look, market it like this. Just put a regular sponge. I love the classic big yellow one. I've come accustomed to the green top, yellow bottom. I, I, get, I get behind that. And lately I've been seeing a lot of um, dark blue, light blue bottom top. If that's the case, look, I'll pay for it. Nineteen ninety nine, buy one get one free. I'm in on that. I've never bought from an infomercial, but this is an issue I'm willing to get behind. Does anyone else have this problem? Am I doing it wrong? Please let me know because this is an issue that it's really a minor inconvenience, and it's a pretty good one to have considering, you know, I, I could always just throw it in the dishwasher and figure out another way to get it off, or just use my hands. But it's such a minor, it's kind of like a thorn in the pinky toe, not necessarily the bottom of the foot. Like I can avoid it. Maybe I can pluck it. It might be annoying for a little bit, but it's still a thorn and it's still part of my body. That's the way I'm looking at it. I don't know what to say. It's a dynamic that I don't want to have to deal with. It's one I want to know how to do, but I don't want to waste time and energy. I'd rather channel that in many different directions, many different directions. Maybe if I had those large rubber gloves, it might be different, actually. Those large rubber gloves. Everyone, I am looking at the clock right now. Um, I, I hope you steeped the tea correctly. I bet you did. And I hope the coffee is potent because everyone, well, this was the Monday Morning Commute Podcast 22. Hello. My name is John. This all was my thing. Thank you for rock with me. Until next time.